0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network. I'm Kyle Madsen, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today sports media group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we are sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Visit the brewery in Santa Rosa. Great vibes. Got good food trucks out there, and of course, great beer. Go hang out there if you're in Santa Rosa. If you can't get up to Santa Rosa, that's okay, because as long as you're in California and over the age of 21, visit Cooper'sBrewing.com and they will deliver beer right to you. You have to order it. You can't just go to the website and they deliver beer. Go to Cooper'sBrewing.com. You have to order the beer, and then they will send it to your doorstep. And I got to tell you, getting just a case of beer dropped on your front doorstep is really, really cool. And you should do it right now. Okay, let's pot about the 49ers and Cardinals.
0: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: Second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops. Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown. 49ers. I don't so. I have a hard time with the Cardinals because they put they always play the 49ers really well. But also, I think they stink. So this is tough to break down because I don't think the Cardinals are very good, but at the same time, it's hard to be like, yeah, the Niners are going to roll on Monday.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's also a little bit difficult because you don't know exactly what their quarterback situation is going to look like. Uh, I'm looking up, this is bad potting by me, but I'm I'm trying to look up the latest on on Kyler Murray. And uh, well, both
1: Murray and McCoy practiced on Wednesday. We're recording this Friday, right? Or Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday. Everything got pushed back. So they practiced Thursday, but they were both limited.
2: Yeah, Murray feels good, but unsure of status for Monday Night Football. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so I guess that's kind of a wrench, right? And you know, one of the games, one of the games that really stood out in 2021 to me was and just sort of spoke to how bad the 49ers were going early in the season last year was when colt mccoy came to Levi stadium and the cardinals like not only beat the 49ers but like thumped them like a pretty like embarrassing loss for the 49ers and at that point it was really bad there's no this team is is does not seem like it's going to be good and then they went on the run um yeah the cardinals just just play the 49ers tough I, i think there's something to the idea that like the 49ers generally struggle with running quarterbacks because so much of what the 49ers do from a defensive front standpoint is like setting the edge, keeping the quarterback in the pocket. Ideally the edge guys would force the quarterback to step up and, you know, in the face of a pretty good interior rush, typically if you do have Eric Armstead, um, DeForest Buckner, obviously no longer there, but he was a big part of that. And, you know, Javon Kinlaw, who's not going to play and Eric Armstead isn't going to play either, but um, I don't think, but Kyler Murray is athletic enough to give the 49ers problems because once a quarterback breaks contain, then it sort of screws up everything the defense is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's always sort of the, the first thing that, that you look for when it comes to the 49ers playing the Cardinals is if the Niners can contain Kyler Murray within the confines of the pocket and prevent him from making plays outside of structure, you know, those second reaction plays where he can get outside the pocket. And now you put, you know, linebackers in conflict where they're trying to decide, you know, am I staying in coverage or do I have to go get Kyler Murray because he's outside um, He's outside the, the pocket where, you know, defensive ends aren't corralling him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's That's always been kind of an issue, right? Like those plays, particularly like in short yardage or near the end zone. Where you have a defender's like, do I cover this guy or do I go try to get the ball carrier? Who is Kyler Murray and one of the fastest guys in the league? Yeah, right. At that position. So um, that's always typically been tough on the 49ers. But I mean, man, the way the Cardinals are going this year, it's just. And given They're the game, in a bad spot. They given the games in Mexico City, given that neither of their quarterbacks are healthy right now it does feel like a game the 49ers should roll and and we felt like the 49ers should roll last week and they they sort of rolled statistically but like didn't finish red zone didn't finish drives in the red zone um so you know it it it's one of those things where it's like it could be a game where they do dominate from a statistical standpoint like they did against the Chargers but maybe like a turnover here or a you know missed opportunity or a missed you know a missed opportunity in the red zone or a missed field goal or something and the game can end up being a lot closer than we would anticipate um and that just sort of feels like the story of the 49ers this year is like they haven't had that fully complete win just yet and that's sort of what we alluded to in the podcast we recorded yesterday it was like you know that we think the Niners are good Um, based on history and based on the roster and stuff, but they just haven't played up to maybe what that expectation is yet,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but also there could be a point this season where they finally do. And I I do feel like there's potential for that on Monday night because I'm not a big believer in the Cardinals and, you know, it's, it's going to be a road game, but it's certainly more of a neutral site game. And there's, you know, they're, they're going to be a lot of Niners fans there because of faithful travel. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, But there's there's possibility in my mind that the 49ers finally look like that team that we've sort of been expecting them to be. But there's also the possibility of like, oh, they're almost there. They're doing it statistically, but a, a, like a handful of plays here and there are
1: preventing it from being like a runaway. So that's kind of what I'm anticipating just because weird stuff happens. It was remembering that game last year, I think it was Brandon, Ayuk and George Kittle both fumbled at least one of them, I think, was in the red zone. And that just kind of opened the floodgates. And so I kind of think that's how Monday night is gonna go from a standpoint of okay, the Niners are better than the Cardinals, but are the Niners better than the Eagles or the Cowboys or the Vikings? Like eh, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. Right. I think that's gonna that said, if they go in to Mexico City against Arizona on Monday night, in a division game and dominate, win it 31 to 10 or something like that. 38 to 10, 38 13. I don't know. They dominate by like multiple scores. I think that's where, and I say multiple scores because like that means they've saw like put it in in the red zone and generated a couple turnovers and probably didn't turn it over and just look like a dominant team. If they can do that in a divisional game on the road, against the Cardinals that's where I would start to be like okay now they're locked in now they're now they're clicking the way they were at the end of last year and it's not the end of the world that uh, Warren Sharp was on the the radio show I produced today at uh Sharp Football Analysis and he talked about how like the first eight weeks really don't matter and obviously you need to you need to win some games but it's how you play going into December and through December that's going to determine whether you're an actual Super Bowl contender. And yeah. so, if the 49ers have a switch to flip, this is the night to, to flip it, I think.
2: So, there are a couple of other interesting things that could happen with this game, too. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is back, and, you know, he served the, the suspension for PEDs for the first six games of the season. He's back now. Um, his three out of his four games have been pretty absurd from a production standpoint it's been 10 catches 103 yards 12 catches 159 yards and a touchdown his one sort of down game was four catches for 36 yards uh two weeks ago against seattle but he still had a touchdown in that game and then last week against the rams 10 catches on 14 targets um for 98 yards so he's been really effective Uh, And the other thing that's happened from the receiver standpoint for the Cardinals is that Hollywood Brown has been activated or his practice window has been opened off injured reserve. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't know if they're going to activate him yet, but the Cardinals haven't had Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins on the field together yet this season. Mm -hmm. And that could be that could be a, a real difference maker in terms of how potent the Cardinals offense could be because Hollywood Brown has been a, a really good player when he's been healthy for Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. And so obviously we know what new Copkins can do. And given that the 49ers secondary has been looking a little bit different with, um, you know, Emmanuel Mosley out, Diamador Lenore starting on the outside, Jimmy Ward playing uh, in the slot. Now um, it's just a little bit different and I'm not, you know, I, I think you would be leery of that if both those guys are on the field. That's that's definitely something the, the 49ers are going to have to deal with um, and something that could make it a lot more difficult for them to win. But obviously that stuff is kind of up in the air right now because we know how kg teams are with injury stuff, particularly
1: late in the week. Does it does it matter to you? I mean, I don't mean to you. Does your outlook? on this game change if Kyler Murray is under center or Colt McCoy is under center? Because my, my, I, I, I asked that to make my own point. (laughs) (laughs) My thought on it is if Kyler plays, he's probably hobbled in some way. Right. And I think there's, there's this like, Oh, Colt McCoy beat the, beat the heck out of the Niners last year. And he, just beat the Rams and he's a capable backup. Well, he is. But like I mentioned, that game got weird early for the 49ers last year. And it right. just kind of spiraled on them. And it Drake Kirkpatrick was playing football for them on purpose. I think the I think <laughs> it would go a lot differently. if I love the idea of a player playing on accident.
2: I mean, it was kind of on accident, but I, I get what you mean. Like it's they just funny the
1: they, they wanted him on the field
2: I some some of the funniest tweets i think ben Axelrod, my former ohio state classmate slash the lantern um colleague was the first one to do that on twitter say like someone like someone tweeted like someone signed blake Bortles and then like and then uh ben would tweet on purpose and like that to <laughs> me was
1: just always funny i've sure. shout out to ben for that
2: he probably doesn't listen to the pod but Anyway. That'd
1: be sick if he did. Yeah, that'll be good. So I just think they're gonna here's the point. I think if Colt McCoy starts, I think the Niners are gonna win by a lot.
2: Yeah, so I I think Colt McCoy is probably capable of playing closer to a hundred a hundred percent while injured than Kyler Murray is. Does that make sense? Like if Kyler Murray's Definitely. injured because he's smaller, because he's so much more reliant on his athleticism, um, that might be a lot worse for the Cardinals than Colt McCoy, who's a little bit banged up.
1: Taking taking scrambling out of Kyler's bag is way different than taking scrambling out of Colt McCoy's bag.
2: Right. Like if you have an F one car and like something's wrong with the car.
1: That's Formula One. Th-
2: yeah, that's gonna that's gonna look a lot different than like a Honda Accord with something mine like there's not gonna be a whole lot of difference between a mine between a Honda Accord that's not running at a hundred percent and an F1 car that's not running 100%. a hundred
1: percent. Honda Accord.
2: Right. Does that make sense? Or a Civic. I mean we know we know Come on, man. <laughs> Dude, you know how much I love I, I love Civics.
1: No, I know, but you're out there you're out there you're out there in the Porsche Carrera and I'm driving a Honda Civic.
2: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a Civic, but shit, it's on eighteens, bro. It's on (laughs) eighteens.
1: Twelves in the trunk. (laughs)
2: Um so yeah, I what's that? (laughs) That thing slaps. Yeah, used to. Man, I miss I I need to
1: I nope, you don't. The you don't. In the car. No, Honestly. you don't. You're an adult. <laughs> okay. Um, When you actively identify as washed, you can no longer have 12s in your trunk. That's a rule I, I just made up.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably you... hey, been detrimental to my hearing.
1: Funny story real quick. Funny non football story, then we'll go back. This is not for you, Chris. You were there. You were part of the story. We're hanging out with uh, a couple of buddies of mine. And one of my buddies is a lot older than he looks. And he's several years older than Chris. And somehow Chris's <laughs> age got brought up. And Chris is like, oh, I'm super old. I'm 35. I'm washed. And eventually it came back around. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I turned 40 in four months. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> he, he
2: looks late 20s. like what He been. looks, Yeah, no, for sure.
1: When I found out he was 38 with the time I met him, it was like, no chance. Yeah. Anyways.
2: But That's I was speaking for myself. I wasn't saying anybody this age is washed. I was saying right. I, me myself,
1: right You're as just a, a mid-thirties special brand of piece. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just super washed. Um. But anyway, football. Okay. Three, two, and one. <laughs> yeah. So Cardinals. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything really to take from them beating the Rams last week? So-
1: no, 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 no. I throw that out entirely. Okay. I I try and view these because division games are, are their own thing, right? Yeah, which is so odd because unless it was the Patriots and the AFC East all those years, but even they had their troubles with the Dolphins. Right. It just feels like division games always, always are like they're unpredictable, and it's just I feel like so rarely that you see a blowout of a division game. Like the Raiders almost beat the Chiefs earlier this year in Kansas City. Right. Like it's just so that's my one hang up. If this was, if the Cardinals played in the AFC South, I think I would feel a lot different. And I would, I would really think the 49ers are going to roll just when you look at, I mean, the Cardinals don't block particularly well, they don't run the ball particularly effectively. They're banged up at quarterback. Their starter and their backup quarterback are banged up. They may or may not have a receiver coming back off of like a foot injury. He has a foot, right? Two of them. Hollywood Brown. All right. So he does still have both of his feet. <laughs> He's coming back. It just, I all signs point to the Niners being a team that's on the upward trajectory. And the Cardinals are a team that in a couple of weeks is going to be looking ahead to the offseason. But because it's a division game, you can't necessarily just chalk up this game to them.
2: So I'm salty because we were talking about like, and we mentioned this before coming on, but um, talking about like why we think the 49ers are good and, you know, five and four, not a great record, but history, et cetera, et cetera. You can go back and listen to that episode. I think it was a good discussion that we had. One thing I didn't bring up, which I regret now, which I'm going to do, um, The Niners are overall the sixth highest graded team overall on, on pro football focus. And I think according to DVOA um, football outsiders metric, which everyone knows and uses is I think they're 11th overall. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Cardinals are from a DVOA perspective, but they're 29th. They're the 29th highest grade highest graded team um, on pro football Focus's website. So, so from a pure talent perspective i mean that sort of speaks to you know the niners like play good football generally but just they're just a handful of plays sometimes that that affects their record in ways that are independent of their grades right like on pro football focus
1: also like a super slow starting team i think they have one first quarter touchdown this year the cardinals yeah yeah. and it was a thing for like a long time. They they hadn't scored one like going back to last year. Right. I just the the vibe with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury is so weird. Like you think the vibe with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan's weird. There's they at least outwardly like each other. Right. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury like openly beef on the sidelines and in the press. <laughs> right. Like at one point at one point in the preseason Cliff Kingsbury like handed Kyler Murray a headset during a game was like here you call the damn plays you see how hard it is right and I think they went on a touchdown drive is kind of funny but yeah I just and then they're like remember there was like the lip reading of Garoppolo and Shanahan like your plays suck or what did he say Kyler Murray very clearly no helmet on screaming at Cliff Kingsbury to calm the F down like multiple times in a row right and can, I, get, I get can we look shit.
2: back can we look back on that Jimmy lip reading thing and acknowledge how stupid it was yeah okay yes. Great.
1: it was ridiculous
2: it was really dumb
1: but but only we're allowed to talk about Kyle Shannon's play sucking <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no so I just that's the other thing I can't get behind like I you can tell me how talented the the Cardinals are um one good piece of news for the 49ers Chandler Jones does not play for the Cardinals anymore he killed the 49ers over the years but is that
2: is that good news for the 49ers because maybe given the way he's playing they might prefer this version of him being on the <laughs> Cardinals defensive end or defensive
1: True. line Chandler Jones stinks by the way it's wild for the Raiders it's really it just... he has a sack this year
2: It is just wild how bad the Raiders are.
1: It's the weirdest thing of all time.
2: It's so weird.
1: Three 17 nothing leads in one season.
2: It is. Yeah, it is mind numbing. Like I I can't figure it out. I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's pretty simple. I haven't figured
1: out. Go
2: ahead. I mean, I think Derek Carr gets very easily rattled. I think that's a very substantial issue that they have. And if they don't have a dominant offensive line, then. He's gonna get rattled and not play as well after he gets hit. Um, and their defense is just perpetually bad.
1: Do you know what I think the problem is? Josh McDaniel's a bad head coach. Probably.
2: I think there's validity to that. A stunner. New Year's Day? Yeah, that's a New Year's Day game for the Niners, right? Anyway, we can we could cross that Can't wait. When, when we get there. That'll be fun. Um, okay. Do we want to do the Cooper six pack?
1: Yeah, let's get to the Cooper six pack.
2: I believe you picked first this
1: week. Yeah, I picked first this week. Okay. I wrote down last week. My wife had a note card here that had just been sitting here, and she wrote some stuff at the top uh, for the podcast. She hosts Reality Tea Time. Check it out. And there had been nothing written on it in a long time, so I just used it to jot down my notes. And it turns out that's a bad thing to do because she now has a note card that says Kyle. These are my notes <laughs> with those notes repeated on it.
2: Wait, is so her I'm is the name me. of her podcast a golf
1: pun? N- no, tea time, like sipping tea.
2: Got it. Okay.
1: Yeah, dude, they do a yeah. You know my wife, big golf, big golf fan.
2: No, I I was just <laughs> I heard the name of it and I was like, wait, is that is there that a two golf
1: ty- pun? two types of people in the world? People who hear tea time and think like, oh, the time I'm teeing off and British people. Right. Right. Okay. So she's the latter. She is the latter. Her mom is very British. Yes,
2: that's true. Um, I'm coming from the driving range. So just really great ball striking today. Just over the (laughs) moon about it. (laughs) So how's your, how's your,
1: how's your head speed, dude?
2: You know what? I actually turned off the, um, uh, the place I go has top tracer and I actually turned it off today. Wow. Cause sometimes, sometimes you get wrapped up in your distances and your ball speeds and your launch right. angles and all that Of course. And sometimes I, you just
1: eat, eat, sleep and breathe that stuff.
2: <laughs> sometimes you just, you just need to turn it off and just focus on your fundamentals and your ball striking. And that's what I did today. And you know what? You, you it, was so it was outstanding. It was outstanding getting was, really really comfortable so with the driver yeah. I'm the last couple months I've had a major breakthrough with the driver and it's man it's just so much more fun when you're when you're hitting the driver well anyway um, let's talk about something people actually care about <laughs> uh, this football game
1: wh- who's your first pick I love the idea that somebody listens to the pod like every once in a while they talk about golf for 40 seconds and I'm in
2: <laughs> maybe maybe Chris will talk about wh- where, where his golf games at <laughs>
1: Okay. Um, get back to it. Yeah. I am going to take first overall Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Yeah, man. I'm going to go out on this limb. No, um, I last week, he wasn't particularly effective at 78 total yards. And you predicted that he would average 150 the rest of the way per game. And I think that might be steep. But to that end, I think that another game where he goes for 76 total yards is probably not going to happen.
2: So I I do want to say one fifty total, like combined receiving and rushing just so. Yeah.
1: Y- scrimmage yards. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So he had 78 combined. I think I'm pretty sure it was 78, 78, 76 math is hard. But I, I just, I, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of games in a row where McCaffrey just is not super productive. And the Cardinals can't play defense. So, like we were talking about this, we we're talking about this, and and you brought up a good point about how it's not as easy as just like, oh, that team has a bad run defense and this team runs the ball well, so they're going to run all over them. I just don't I just think McCaffrey is is just a better player than than there's more to it than oh yeah, he's running against a bad run defense. I just don't think the Cardinals can really defend anybody. Right. Especially somebody like him. Christian no. McCaffrey, number
2: one. Good pick. Good pick. Um, yeah, to to expand on that point a little bit, like we're talking about how like generally one of the things I think prognosticators and people who talk about the NFL for money, uh, one of the things that a lot of them miss, or a lot of us miss, is that like you look at teams and you look at trends and then just assume those trends are gonna hold true week to week and not factor in the fact that like oh, if a team can't stop the run, then they're going to change their scheme and practice all week and really harp on being able to stop the run. And then we act surprised when that team is actually pretty good at stopping the run on Sunday when like the previous five games, they've been bad at it. Right. Right. And so I think that's one of the, just that general idea is why there's so much parity in the NFL and why we, why so many games end up being the exact opposite result of like what we're expecting. It's there's like, also
1: just like, individual matchups that matter
2: right totally totally so like yeah like if a team's bad at at a certain aspect they're gonna spend a good coaching staff is gonna make sure they're improving in that aspect and really focusing on it during that week so that's something that doesn't get talked about enough when when it comes to like predicting games and all that um anyway i'm my first pick is going to be brandon iuk um Brandon Ayuk's last four games, eight catches, eighty three yards, seven catches, eighty-two yards, six catches, eighty one yards, six catches, eighty-four yards. The Cardinals pass defense is bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And like, and, and I think pass I I know I just talked about like, you know, trends aren't aren't everything, but it's hard. Like, I think pass defense <laughs> is one of those things that it's all it's hard to like, oh, we're just gonna correct our pass defense, right? Like it's a lot easier to <laughs> correct run defense because it's like, all right. We're going to have another guy. We're going to have another guy in the box. We're going to be better at filling our lanes. Like, that's pretty straightforward. Whereas like, oh, you know, there isn't like an easy solution to be like, yeah, we're just going to defend the pass better. Like, that's that's a lot more difficult. Um, So I will say that in respect to that point I just made. But Brandon Ayuk's good. There's going to be so many resources on the Cardinals defense devoted to slowing down Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel that I think Brandon Ayuk is just going to continue to eat and continue to be somebody that Jimmy Garoppolo goes to. I think um, Ayuk is going to feel a certain type of way about dropping that touchdown that they missed last week and and the point that you've made over and over again is like if Brandon Ayuk catches that ball, then the score is dramatically different and we feel a lot different coming out of that game in respect to how we're talking about the offense and its struggle in the red zone, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm just I'm I'm expecting at some point this season there's going to be like a Brandon Ayuk 10 catch. 140 yard, two touchdown game, and I think there's a distinct possibility it happens Monday night.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I actually wrote about this at NinersWire.com. Ayuk's last four games, so the numbers you read uh, add up. Yes, 35 targets, 27 catches, 330 yards, three touchdowns. If you extrapolate those numbers over a full season, that's 115 catches, 1402 yards, and 13 touchdowns. That's like the elite production. Right, he's 10th in overall receiving grade on PFF he's tied for 14th in yards per route run which is like an efficiency metric and he's 13th in yak per reception like everything he does he does at a really really high level and I could not agree more with your last point that huge like like haymaker type game is, is coming at some point Yeah, I think that's a very good pick by you thank you so much no you're welcome i think nick bosa gets into the gets into the dpoy conversation this monday Monday. whether it's kyler murray or colt mccoy i think we get a multi-sack game from nick bosa maybe a forced fumble
2: so you're picking bosa here
1: yeah okay i'm just gonna go i'm I'm going choxies
2: yeah I, Um, i see that
1: well you know what do you want from me man um well no because here's no here's 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 what no no i know and but here's why i feel comfortable going chuck because at at some point if the 49ers are going to dominate a game they need their a players to be their best players and like a good game from drake jackson i just don't think looks the same as a good game from nick bosa you know So I think Bosa takes over this game a little bit. He started too late against the Chargers. And like I said, I'm looking at multiple sacks, maybe a turnover. I'm expecting a monster game from number 97.
2: I'm looking up the Arizona Cardinals offensive line at the moment. It's
1: not great. I have it up right now.
2: DJ Humphreys looks like he's hurt. Is that true? I'm at our lads and he's bright red. I don't know what that means.
1: Um might be hurt.
2: He hasn't anyway. Humphreys is good, but
1: Kelly Green in pass blocking. But no, I mean (laughs) the Kelvin, one of their starting tackles, one of their starting tackles has he's given up four sacks. Uh, Will Hernandez, one of their guards, has given up three sacks. Um, it just they they have they've shuffled offensive linemen all year. Billy uh,
2: Price is their starting center now.
1: No, none of them are particularly good. Like yeah. that's, that's just like usually a team when you here. this is a good, usually a team has like four or five offensive linemen with a ton of snaps. And then maybe like one or two others with like a few snaps here and there. The Cardinals have one. I'm going to count with you here. Two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven offensive linemen who have played a hundred or more snaps this year. Yikes, that's tough. Yeah, Niners um, defensive line might eat on Monday. They might eat.
2: They might eat. Um, I've heard the food is amazing in Mexico City. Speaking of eating, um, yeah, I like the pick. I think Nick Bosa has been taken every every week this year, and I it'd think it'd be it's...
1: super funny if you were like, eh, "Bad pick." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, best player. Man, I don't I don't like the pick. Um, I'm so, going. I, do think,
1: I I do think so. I will only take. Let me say this in the. I will only take credit for this pick if it is like a dominant game, and the national conversation is like, "Oh, Nick Bosa is the DPOY through 11 weeks." Yeah. Anyways,
2: go on. Um. Yeah, he's. Uh, I have the the advanced metrics, the pa- the pass blocking metrics up, and he's just like top five and pretty much all of them. He's second in total pressures. Zadarius Smith has ten more pressure. He is fifty five, and he's first in the league. Darius um,
1: Smith is sick, dude.
2: Yeah. Um. Bosa's second in sacks, second in hits,
1: and uh, yeah, he's just all over. Rob. Uh, Rob stats, Garrett, Guerrera I need to ask him how to pronounce that, but at stats on fire on Twitter tweeted that, uh, is the only defensive player in the league in the top three in QB hits pressures and sacks. He's good. Pretty good player.
2: Um, okay. Talked about, uh, new Hopkins and potentially Hollywood Brown. Um, I'm picking Mooney Ward and this is, this is a, if he plays well, they're probably going to win type pick. Right. And if he plays poorly, they might lose Um, Mooney Ward, not not at 49ers practice for the first two days of of the week for personal reasons. I from the from what's being reported out of um, uh, where they at Colorado Springs is that he'll probably play and he's expected to practice uh, tomorrow on Saturday. So um, he'll be available in all likelihood, it seems. And I'm picking him. Uh, because like I said, stopping those receivers is going to be paramount if the 49ers are going to win this game and Mooney Ward's been really good and I don't know that there needs to be more analysis than that.
1: I dig it. Cool. I'm going to go hipster on my last pick. Let's go. So we were talking about um, overall PFF grades earlier. Yeah. The 49ers are 31st in special teams. The Cardinals are tied for fourth. They are, what'd you call it? Electric blue?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they have an electric blue special teams grid.
1: The Niners are like yellow. Yeah. And it's not great. I'm going to pick Ray-Ray McLeod because if they can get anything from him in the return game against a good special teams unit, that would be a massive win. But also, he just needs to hang on to the football. Can he hang on to the ball? Can he not fumble? Because if he does, that's where this game can kind of turn. And this game can get weird. So he needs to hang on to the football. If he can do anything in the return game, great. And then I, I feel like there's a big Ray Ray McLeod, like pass play coming. Mm. We saw last week. He had the one that Jimmy Garoppolo made the really nice throw on the run rolling to his right on a play where McLeod wasn't supposed to even really be involved. I think there's going to be one like shot play for him. At least on on Sunday.
2: Okay, I'm into it. I'm into Ray it. Ray. Ray the Ray.
1: pick is for don't fumble though. Sure. Yeah.
2: Don't fumble. Um. All right. I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell.
1: That's a great pick
2: because I just kind of want to beat you this week, and this this <laughs> <laughs> this goes yeah. right this goes right at your right at the the neck of your cmc pick that you went first overall but no i mean mitchell was really good in his first his first game back from the injury um 18 carries 89 yards against the chargers and i thought it was pretty clear like there was a point maybe in the second or third quarter of that game where kyle shannon was like i'm gonna roll with elijah mitchell because i think his his run plays are more successful than than christian mccaffrey's Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that like you know I think Elijah Mitchell is gonna pop him on the depth chart or anything but like it's just a really nice club in the bag to have golf reference when you have like somebody like Christian McCaffrey who you want to use a lot and in a lot of different ways but you still have another running back who's really good and you could try to keep Christian McCaffrey fresh or even like use both of them at the same time i think there's there's a possibility going forward that we start to see christian McCaffrey and elijah mitchell on the field more at the same time and i just really like the idea of christian McCaffrey as a slot receiver um, and somebody who can move around the formation while still having the threat of elijah mitchell just as a traditional running back in the backfield that defenses have to account for so um I think Elijah Mitchell looked really good last week, and the 49ers are going to run the ball a lot. Uh, that is that is my expectation for this game anyway, is they're going to try to make this a game where they carry the ball 40-plus times. Mitchell's going to be a p- big part of that, like he was last week, and that's why he's my pick.
1: I like it. I think Elijah Mitchell is a really good player, and his return got sort of like overlooked in all the Christian McCaffrey hubbub. I agree. And if it's going to be like, hey, they're going to lean on him to close games, he might get a ton of work late in this one. Yep. I like the pick. All right. All right. You went so- You went.
2: Christian McCaffrey. I went Brandon Ayuk. You went Nick Bosa. I went Mooney Ward. You went Ray Ray McLeod. I went Elijah Mitchell.
1: I like our chances to have a really good week. I feel good about this one. It feels yeah. good off the hand. Yep. I'm going to know. look at I'm not even going to watch the game.
2: You just you just shot the shot and you're gonna do the Steph Curry and start running back yeah, the other no way, way before it goes in?
1: Yeah. I'm not gonna watch the game. Talk to you guys Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Just, just on the pod. I'm more awesome box just,
2: just more box score scouting.
1: Great. Not even a box score. I'm just, just gonna talk about the
2: just what this world needs.
1: I'm gonna talk about the game as though these six guys dominated. <laughs> <laughs> Into it. Okay. We'll talk to you guys after Monday night's game. Either that or Tuesday. We haven't decided on a schedule yet, but uh we'll have pods out. Maybe um, subscribe, great review.
2: If you can't go Monday night, maybe I ride solo again. Kind of do like I'd love the, that for you. The the gym roam. Jim Rome, Jim Rome extended silence. Four Fire months. off a take, let it breathe for three or four seconds, and then get back into
1: it. Great game for George Kittle. Jungle legend. <laughs> get your tickets to the smack off. R-O-M-A at haveatakes.com. Wow, that's actually pretty good. Rocket Mortgage. (laughs) Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently.
2: (laughs) All right. Stop giving giving companies free advertising.
1: Cooper's Brewing. (laughs) (laughs) Slayer. Drink simply, understand fully, (laughs) buy confidently (laughs) at coopersbrewing.com. Dude, can we say we're broadcasting from the coopers.com studios? sure hell yeah
2: i mean that actually would be really funny i'm i'm in i'm in on that if we just said live
1: high atop the cooperage.com studios
2: (laughs) cooper yeah let's do it from now on we'll just
1: it sounds super techy if we say cooperagebrewing.com
2: no we'll say yeah we could just say live from the cooperage brewing studios i I like that i think i think tyler (laughs) and charlie and and cal will appreciate that
1: Shout out to those guys.
2: Yeah, also, guys. shout out to Tyler Chen, our producer. Yep. Appreciate you, Tyler. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.